Hi, and welcome to the Scent Wins podcast. Our vision is to see lives transformed, hope restored, and freedom found through Jesus. We hope that you enjoy this talk. Oh, good stuff. Okay, well today, today I get the joy and the privilege of bringing um, uh, God's Word to us this morning. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians. You might want to grab a Bible nearby you uh, because we're going to be looking at that today. You can also pull it up on your phones if you've got a smart app that has the Bible on there. But today, church, you are going to hear how to change the way that you live your life. How amazing is that? I'm going to say that again to wake everybody up. Today you're going to find out, you're going to hear a way that how you can change your life. How what you do and what you put on impacts the way that you live and what you live. And that's a great TED title, isn't it? Great TED Talk title. That's hard to say this time in the morning. Great TED Talk title. How to live a life. This, how to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. If you were scrolling through uh, YouTube and you, you came across that as a TED Talk title, how to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? But the good news is that that is not a TED Talk that is on YouTube. That great title comes from uh, Paul, St. Paul, who wrote a letter to the Ephesians, the the people who lived in the town of Ephesus nearly 2,000 years ago. How to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And we've called this talk today, Putting Off the Old and Putting on the New. And that's what we're going to take a look at today. So turn to the book of Ephesians. Uh, That's in the New Testament part of the Bible. So after Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, then you'll get to some letters that Paul and other people wrote. And about halfway through the letters, you'll come across to the letter to the Ephesians. And we're going to be reading today from chapter four. If you've been around for the last two or three weeks, we've been doing a sermon series called Dear Ephesus, all based on this fantastic letter. And so far we've read the first three chapters in Ephesians. And it's a tiny, tiny letter. But it was all about a letter to this very small house church that had been planted by Paul in the town of Ephesus. And chapters one to three spend a lot of time describing how good God is. Describing his gift of love and life to the Ephesians, but also to us. And it's in a sense that the first three chapters, it's like a sort of theological foundation, if you like, of understanding exactly who God is. We're understanding our identity as followers of God, followers of Jesus. And then from chapter four, right through to the end of Ephesians, it tells us more about how to live life with Jesus. Now that we understand that our identity is in God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, then it's how to live that life fully moving forward. 
And we've called out this season of teaching, you should know Jesus and then it's how to live Jesus. Knowing Jesus and how to live Jesus. And today we get to some fantastic teaching from Paul, showing us exactly what that looks like. And he kicks off in verse one with that TED Talk title that I gave you, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. It's like Paul is saying, you have a new life. Now live a new lifestyle. Live a new lifestyle. And in this chapter and the following chapters, there's lots of really, really good meaty uh, teaching from Paul. Lots of encouragements, lots of commandments, lots of things that he tells us that we need to do in order to live life well, to flourish, to live life with God. Because that's what God wants for us. He wants the very best for us. Live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So my question, I guess, as we get to verse one of chapter four is, well, what is your calling? What is the calling that God has given to you? Well, we're called, we're told in the first three chapters, we're called to be sons and daughters of the living God. Sons and daughters of the living God. I don't know about you, but if you haven't had a great family upbringing, that might not be something that fills you with a huge amount of joy. The idea of being family could be quite hard. But God says, come and be part of my family because I'm going to treat you as sons and daughters that are mine. You are my children, adopted into my family. I want you to live in the joy and the security and the peace that comes knowing that I am God, your Father. That's the calling that we are brought into. That's the life, the inheritance that we have. The calling that is ours is to come and be sons and daughters of the living God. And in that new lifestyle, we need to learn to live how to be children of God. You know, when you when you live in one family and then you move to a new family, there are a whole bunch of different ways of being family. Some of those are good things that change into things that are more challenging. But in God's family, all the things that we ever knew are going to be transformed into something more glorious, more wonderful. We're called into being his family together. And we're taught from uh, this chapter onwards how to follow Jesus and how to imitate him, how to copy what Jesus did. And who taught them? Well, the church taught taught those followers in Ephesus. Paul taught the elders of the church and then the elders taught everyone else who came and joined that little house church. And bit by bit, that message spread right across the the Mediterranean lands where the word of God came to. They all began to learn to copy what it meant to follow Jesus. And they were taught to put off their old self and to put on a new self created to be like God. If you look at verse 22, I'm going to read for you from verse 22 down to verse 32. Let's read what it says. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. 
and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we're all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption and get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as just as in Christ God forgave you. So many good instructions about how to live life. And we kick off in verse 22, take a look at this. Verse 22 says, we're taught how to follow Jesus and to to, to copy him. And just as I said, you know, those people in Ephesus, they learned from the master. They learned from Jesus through Paul. And then Paul taught others what that meant in practice. And we are all recipients of that teaching from Paul. Every church in the world came from the disciples of Jesus and they learned from the master. They learned from Jesus himself. You know, we can hear great teaching We can hear amazing things about how to live life with Jesus. But the truth is that we need to begin to act on it. We need to begin to act on it. There's no point hearing good teaching about how to live a life imitating Jesus, to following the way of Jesus, if it means nothing to us and it simply slides off us. And as we walk out of church on a Sunday morning, it has no bearing on the way that we live life in the rest of the week. You see, growing up as a follower of Jesus means responding to what you hear and then acting on it. It's not just about soaking up information like a sponge, but it's about squeezing it out into the everyday life around us. And Paul is very directive about how people should live life in chapter 4. Take a look at this, the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1. He starts with this words, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. I urge you. What about this, verse 2? Be completely humble. Not just be a little bit humble. Be completely humble. Get all in there. Verse 3. Make every effort. Not just a bit of it when you feel like it, when you've had a good night's sleep or when everything's gone well. Make every effort. There's so many of these imperatives that Paul gives us. Skip down to verse 17. I love this one. It says this. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. I tell you this and I'm going to insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live, he goes on to say, as the Gentiles do. 
in the futility of their thinking and then he describes what that's like. He insists on it. And then to verse 25, you must, you must put off falsehood. Not, well, if the, if the day's gone well, if you're feeling like it, you, you can do that if you feel like it. No, you must. Do you see Paul is really insistent in what he's saying? There's a passion that comes through in this letter. He's desperate for people to get it. He's desperate that they don't just hear the information, but they take it, they soak it up, and then it leaks out into the rest of their life. And we're going to take a little bit of time today uh, digging into a section of these commandments, these imperatives, if you like. And I'd love us to look at verses 22, 23, and 24 today. And the imperatives for these three verses is this. Put on, put on, put in, and then, sorry, put off, put in and then put on, put off, put in and then put on. Verse 22, it says this, put off your old self, put off your old self. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, put in a new thought pattern, a new way of thinking. And then verse 24, put on your new self. Do you see there's some action that goes with this teaching that Paul is giving? It's a bit like clothing. You take off your old clothes and then you take in a new attitude about who you are in Christ and then you put on the new clothes with Christ's character. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm in the garden and we have loads of garden waste that we need to get rid of, we always have a bonfire in our garden. Um, and I don't know about you, but when you have a, a bonfire, it doesn't matter how far away I stay from a bonfire, you always come back inside the house just stinking of smoke, don't you? It doesn't matter how carefully you stand away from the wind direction or you stand away from the flames, you always end up getting that smell of smoke and it, it just gets absolutely everywhere, doesn't it? And so when I come in from the garden and I, I smell of smoke like that, I need to take off the clothes that I've been wearing. But you know, if I just did that and then I put on a new set of clothes, that wouldn't be enough. Because as I've done that, it's got into my skin. It's got into my hair and very often, yeah, Christine's saying hair, very often what I have to do is actually have a shower. It's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm cleansing myself. I'm allowing a new way of being, letting it wash all over me. And then and only then am I ready to put on a new set of clothes. If I miss out the middle bit, it doesn't really fully work. That smell of smoke still permeates. Have you done that thing where even when you've got clean clothes on, you sit down on a sofa and then you get up again and you come back later on and the cushions and the sofa, it smells of smoke, doesn't it? You see, you have to go all in. You have to take off what was there. You have to be able to allow a new way to flush and flow through you. And then you need to put on some new clothes after that. Put off, put in, and then put on in order that we can live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. 
Now, I don't know about you, but as you begin to think about your life, you might begin to think about ways that God has already worked with you in that journey of putting off what was, allowing God to transform your mind and your thinking, and then to put on a new set of clothes, as it were, a new way of living life. And we're in the middle of Alpha at the moment, and I, as you know, I absolutely love Alpha. And as I was preparing this story, I, I was reminded of this story. We're going to watch a little clip from the Alpha series. And this is from a guy called Shane Taylor, and he describes his old way of life. And then he describes how God met with him and began to change him from the inside out. And then we see him living a new kind of life. We're going to watch that clip now. See if you can spot those three different things in Shane's story. I got in with the wrong crowd and I started to um, pinch cars, burgle houses, uh, become known, me and my friends become known as very high profile thieves, really. I used to carry big knives, uh, the, the big knives to the smaller knives down my waist. And I was the kind of person where if you pulled a knife out, I would use it. I ended up stabbing someone in the head. I ended up um, stabbing someone, just missing his heart and going through the top of his shoulder, uh, the, the top of his chest and his shoulder way. He dropped to the floor and so I was on the run for two attempted murders. And then I was just, when I went to prison, I had such a hatred for the system and I couldn't handle being told what to do, couldn't handle prison officers mucking me about. When I went out on association, I got to prison officer and I, uh, I stabbed him. And then this led to me going into maximum security prisons, being put on CSC, to where they feed you through a hatch in the door. There's no physical contact, so they have to have riot shields and riot gear on. Um, and that was my life for a long, long time, basically. And I, I just was going from prison to prison, prison to prison. But then I ended up going to Long Larton in Worcestershire. And when I was in there, I ended up going in an alpha course Never heard of an Alpha course, didn't know anything. And I just remember walking in because they'd sent me down. I sat down on a chair and I thought, oh no, it's a Christian thing. And we'd just go there every week and I would argue. And the pastor, um, I remember he come to me. He said, right, I'm going to say a few scriptures first before we pray. And one of them was, no one's righteous, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. And then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff. And then he said, pray. So I started praying and I said, uh, God, I said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And nothing happened. But then as I was talking to the pastor, I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach. And it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up. And I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears. And I just sobbed. <clears throat> and I just... Right there. Because that was a change of my whole life. I knew God was real. Um, and no one will change that now. And then I remember <laughs> running on the wing. People clearly knew that I would become a Christian. So I actually helped them on another two Alpha courses. And then I, I, um, I got released. 
I've been in a prison where I... Because you would have thought that the prison where I stabbed the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me. But they were the first. It's how good works. The best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison and, and trying to tell them about God. I've got five kids and they're my life. Um, and what upsets me is because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, uh, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with their dad. Um, <clears throat> have Bible studies with their dad. Have a life. They're beautiful. Um, and my life. And probably is my wife and my kids are the best gift, that, apart from the grace God's given me, is the best gift I've ever He'll ever give me. Um, Didn't expect to cry like that. Recovered now. We hope that you enjoyed this week's talk. Thank you for listening. Thank you.